0: It is so good to be back here at the Biblicist Podcast. Looking forward to diving right back in, and I hope you are doing well. And I know there's a lot of weird things going on uh, in uh, in our country and around the world, uh, but hopefully things can get back to somewhat normal. I don't want to get used to this. I'd rather this not be the the new normal, if you will. But um, that being said, we'll just keep praying that uh, uh, things go well and that uh, we can find. Uh, what our new normal will look like. But that being said, I am excited about being back here in the Business Podcast and about uh, uh, sharing uh, some more of God's Word, letting the Bible define the Bible, checking the source of, uh, of our questions, which is uh, the Bible, checking our source. It's very important. Um, so that being said, to open up this season, we're going to dive right in and talk about the day that Jesus died. The day that Jesus died, um, and why that's important, other than obviously the death uh, of Jesus and what that uh, means, um, we're going to talk about the day that Jesus died. What day of the week that he died? Now, there are some pastors that and theologians who have made very strong statements about Jesus dying on Wednesday um, or Thursday. Um, and I'm not going to divide with people on the issue within Christianity. I'm not going to um, uh, give someone an overly hard time for taking a Wednesday or a Thursday position on when Jesus died. Um, I don't think that's beneficial, but it is important to understand. We need to know what day Jesus died on because um, skeptics will use that against you and because the Bible's very 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 obvious and very clear about what day that Jesus died on and If you couldn't already tell What day that I'm going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about Friday traditionally known as Good Friday and why the Bible actually says that he died on Friday and why it's important now I have a lot of respect for people who are trying to defend the faith and hold to a Wednesday or Thursday position, but to kind of help with that, let me start out by saying this, that Jesus did not have to be dead or be buried for 72 hours, as some assume, uh, in order to properly fulfill prophecy. Uh, this concept comes from when Jesus said in Matthew twelve forty, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Uh, now, the, uh, Another verse that would imply this would be, uh, would be Mark 8, 31, where it says that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Now, with all due respect to those pastors who take a Thursday or a Wednesday position, this is why they take this. They say, see, Jesus prophesied that he'd be in the grave or be dead for three days and three nights. So if he was in there any less or dead, any less than 72 hours, um, then that's blasphemy because that's not what Jesus said. So we got to hold true true to that. Except, as I'll define here, the problem is, that Jesus died on a Friday, so you, we can take the position of: see, he had to be there; he had had to have been because of this this phrase right here. So the problem is: so either Jesus lied, or we're misunderstanding these statements. See, it seems logical to think that Jesus, in these verses that I just read, is prophesying that he'll be dead or in the grave for th- for three full days, except for the fact that Jesus also taught in Mark nine thirty one. Quote, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. Not after, not three days, three nights, the third day. And he repeated this again in Mark 10:34, prophesying about himself, once again, he's, it says this, and they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. So it looks like we have a problem here. It appears that Jesus contradicts himself and that he would raise up following three days and three nights and that he would raise up the third day. But if we look at scripture in historic context, we can clearly see that these statements are saying the same thing and we are just misunderstanding their vernacular. Uh, So to keep things simple, yet biblical, let's allow the Bible to define the Bible. Back in Genesis 42 in verses 17 and 19, or through 19, the Bible says that Joseph put his brother into jail, quote, three days. Then, quote, Joseph, the third day, told them to go. He he let everybody go except for uh, uh, Simeon. Now, this is a narrative. It's not Joseph changing his mind. The narrative says that they were in jail for three days and were released on the third day. So already we're seeing a pattern of when in this culture, when they say three days, they mean the third day. It's what it means. Now, I can go to another scripture. Let's go to Esther chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. She talks. She's talking to Mordecai and she says, Go gather together all the Jews that are present uh, in Shushan and fast ye from me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my uh, maidens will... Fast likewise, and so will I go unto, unto the king. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Then here is what happens next in Esther chapter 5 verse 1. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house. So she goes on to say in verse 4, Come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Clearly, the narrator and Esther understand the fasting for three days and three nights means to fast until the third day. But it's not just about the Old Testament. It's just not looking at that and saying, see this, although that's very important to see in the culture when they talk like that, that is what they mean. The New Testament understands this as well in the Gospels. Um, and at Jesus' trial, the witnesses talk about three days and three nights like this in, in Mark fourteen fifty eight. When the witnesses there are trying to condemn Jesus, here's what they say. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. So they understand three days to being within three days. And in Matthew 27, 64, the soldiers and Pilate understood the phrase after three days to mean... Until the third day. That's how they define it in scripture in Matthew 27, 64. Uh, and to top it all off, in 1 Corinthians, Paul taught that Jesus rose again the third day. Which has continued to be taught, which is why the Christian tradition of Friday, the Friday death, has been held since the first century. Because it actually did. Now there's another important thing to uh, to point out here. Well, We'll get to that in just a minute. Let me just say this, after three days or in three days and three nights, these are phrases that are understood as on the third day or within three days or until the third day because in their vernacular, an understanding of time, they not only count a part of a day as a whole day, they count the day they're currently in. And so the Old Testament, the Gospels define and understand it that way as well as other ancient documents. Uh, Josephus also uh, talked that way um, and uh, continued to talk that way in, in early history there. So Jesus. Jesus was crucified on the day of preparation, which is referred to as the day before Sabbath. This is clarified in Mark, Luke, and John. Now, I've got to pause here for a second. The word used for preparation, because basically I've heard this argument before that, um, You see, for the the Thursday argument that Friday was a special Sabbath, and that's what they're referring to. Except at that time, and even all the way up until today, the Greek word that's used here for preparation is is the Greek word for Friday. It's literally what it means. So if you were to read the Gospels in the Greek, what you would read is on Friday, which is the day before the Sabbath. That's what you would read in the greek you can look it up that is what the word preparation in greek means um, now he's crucified about nine o'clock in the morning on a friday and he died around 3 p.m now on friday evening before sunset jesus body was requested so they could bury him quickly in a nearby tomb before the sun would set so they would not violate sabbath And like I said, I've heard many people argue that this was a special Friday Sabbath through the Passover. And you can argue that, but that's not what the Gospels clearly state. And so let's do that right now. We're going to look and see what the Gospels clearly state. So let's work through this backwards right after Jesus dies. Let's see what happens next and kind of see the time frame here. So we're going to start with the Gospel of John and move backwards through the Gospels here. Uh, Starting in John 19 and verse 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, but an hundred pounds of weight. Then took they the body of Jesus, and wound it in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is, to bury." Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulchre, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus therefore because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulchre was nigh at hand. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. All right, so that's the first one there in John. Now, keep in mind when they say what you see in verses 41 and 42 here, you know, um, he's crucified. There was a garden nearby where he was crucified. There's a garden, a new sepulcher wherein was never a man yet laid. We find out in the other Gospels that that is uh, Joseph's uh, tomb. Um, and, uh, but they say that it's, at, it's nigh at hand. It's nearby, and they, they make a point of that because it's preparation day. They have limited time to prepare the body and to put it in the tomb. That's what's going on here. And so this is very clear. And keep in mind, this word preparation that you're going to see is the Greek word for Friday. And they want to hurry up and get it done before uh, Sabbath comes. And then the first day of the week comes uh, in the very next chapter right there now. Some might say, well, it just isn't filling in the details. Well, as we read through these, it gets more and more overwhelmingly clear on how that it reads. Let's look at the end of Luke. Luke 23, starting in verse 50. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone where never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And so this one's even more clear here in the Gospel of Luke. And it says the day of preparation, which means Friday. By the way, I'm just trying not—I'm not trying to rub it in anyone's face here, but like that's what the word is. All right, And the day of preparation, and the Sabbath drew on, and so they was coming. The Sabbath was coming, so they had to hurry up so they could get it. And then, um, and and then if they they on the first day of the week, you know, they come uh, again. Now it gets even even more clear as we look at this. We're going to go back to um, to Mark now. Uh, As uh, as we look at this and the like I said, what's important about this is that the narrative of the Gospels is very clear that Jesus died on the day of preparation and rose on the first day of the week. And so if Jesus meant he was going to be in the grave for three days and three nights, um, he wasn't. And that makes that statement a lie. But we just realized, though, that that statement three days and three nights just means within three days. Um, which would make it correct. So if someone's arguing that he died on Thursday, the problem is that you're having him raise on the fourth day. But he said he was going to raise on the third day. Um, You have, if you try and argue Wednesday, then Jesus is rising again on on the fifth day. And so it just causes all kinds of problems by doing that. But let's look at the end of Mark. Starting in Mark, uh, we're going to look at Mark 15, starting in verse 42. And now when the even was come, Because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. That is all one sentence. All right, this is very clear. It's preparation day. It's evening the sun is getting ready to set and they have to get this done before the sun sets because it's the day before the Sabbath. The reason he is asking for the body is because the sun is setting, the Sabbath is about to begin. Verse 44, and Pilate marveled if he were already dead and calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any uh, any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph and he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a septum. Which is hewn out of a rock, and rolled a stone under the door of the sepulchre. And Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus beheld where he was laid. And when the Sabbath was past, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. I think Mark reads almost the most clear of this. You see the urgency. He's asking for the body because Sabbath is coming. We gotta get him buried before Sabbath comes. We gotta get it done. We want to be very respectful of Jesus' body. Plus, we need to have the body uh uh uh, uh buried, and we don't want to be have to touch a body before Sabbath. So you have all these things going on, and then it says so. So Sabbath comes, and so after Sabbath passes, then they go to the tomb. This is the most clear. Clear reading of Friday, Saturday, Sunday occurring. Um, and then let's look at Matthew. Matthew 27, starting in verse 57. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it up in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. Uh, And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, "'Sir, we remember that the deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again.' command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people he is risen from the dead so the last error shall be worse than the first pilate said unto them ye have a watch go your way make it as sure as ye can so that, ye, that so, so they went and made the sepulcher sure sealing the stone and setting a watch in the end of the sabbath as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulchre. And once again, I think this is just as clear um, as Mark. You have very detailed accounts uh, on Friday of him being taken uh, and buried. And then the very next day on the Sabbath, um, they come to the, the, the soldiers go to Pilate, say, hey, we're, he talked about after, you know, after three days, he was going to rise again and say, well, you know, make sure that it's good uh, until the third day. And so they understood after to mean until, and then it says, so they met the watch and and, and in the end of the Sabbath, the sun uh, begins to dawn uh, into the first day of the week. Um, This is how the plain, easy, simple reading of this is. The Greek word preparation, it means Friday. The statements, three days and three nights, after three days, that means within three days. That's what Jesus means. This is very clear. Jesus taught very clearly that he would rise again on the third day. Uh, and that uh, that is also what happened. Now, if you think that he taught, he would be in the grave um, or dead for a little seventy for a literal seventy two hours. Um, he would have risen on the fourth or even the fifth day, but he didn't. And that's why it's important to know that Jesus died on Friday, because if he didn't, um, he lied, thus being a false prophet and a hoax. Um, and then for us as defenders of our faith, uh, skeptics will use arguments like this um, against uh, the gospel, saying that this is what you can't trust them. There's confusion between, between the synoptic gospels and the gospel of John. They contradict each other, and they have all this whole argument about that. And so um, we can't just be flippant and say, you know what, pick a day. Pick Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Don't care what day you pick, because where the scripture is clear, we should also be clear. Once again, I would not divide with a believer on this issue. If you think Jesus died on Wednesday, I think you're wrong, but I still love you. If you think he died on Thursday, I think you're wrong, but I still love you. You're still my brother and sister in Christ. Like, like That's not a dividing issue. But the scripture says when he died and when he rose again, and it was prophesied about and it was written about in detail, um, and we can't just be flippant or confused on something that the scripture speaks about so Clearly, the Bible is clear, concise, it doesn't contradict, it defines itself. Now, there was a lot of apologetics today in today's episode, and something I want to take this last minute to talk about is, when I was going through this, I found something that all of us, no matter where you just fell and in, in whoever I offended, <laughs> um, I look at, at Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus and these are secret disciples and that's not meant as a compliment they chose to um, keep their support of Jesus and following his teachings a secret from everyone nobody even knew and although all the other disciples were hiding these are the guys that go and take care of Jesus' body after he's dead And what is really amazing about this to me is how ashamed they must have been that it took him dying to risk their secret coming out. They had to be ashamed. That they didn't follow him in his life, but they helped him in his death. They must be thinking that they lost the opportunity. This was the Messiah. And maybe things would have been different if we were following. Maybe things would have been different if we'd have been supportive of him. Maybe things would have been. And so it's had to be a very sorrowful, traumatic thing to realize they had missed their opportunity. They must have felt ashamed that they hadn't been honest and open about following Jesus. And I think, how does that apply to me? And how does that apply to us? We have limited time, limited resources. We could be gone tomorrow. I don't want to Wait to the last minute to live for Jesus. I don't want to wait till it seems like it's too late to live I, I want to live for him now. I want to proclaim his name now. What are we ashamed of? I pray that no one remembers me as the secret disciple of Jesus. But a disciple who. Proclaimed his name faithfully. Proclaimed the death and resurrection of Jesus and the free gift of salvation to all who will believe. Remember, read the Bible, live the Bible.